Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, however, wherever, whenever you're listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the Baby Bowl, the off-season edition. I am Wes, one of your hosts, at Loafing It Over on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. And of course, I have joining with me on the Baby Bowl podcast, the daddy of the Baby Bowl himself, Rob Norton. At Norton0723 over there on Twitter. How you doing tonight, Mr. Rob? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Doing wonderful. I'm doing delightful. Uh, you are the daddy of the baby bowl. It's a it's a competition that you, it, I guess, were inspired to do with with some friends of the family. I think you've shared with me before uh, to be able to dener, de, uh, donate some prize money and some donations that people make to be able to get into the baby bowl over to great charities and great causes. And that's what kind of started off this podcast. Uh, and we've been talking this the off season about baseball, about basketball, and about football a little bit uh, because. Because Baby Bowl hasn't ramped up all the way yet, has it? No, yeah, not yet. Um, yeah, once, uh, you know, everyone's, you know, getting excited about Scott Fishbowl, and rightfully so. Oh, yeah. And um, so hopefully, you know, I think uh, I think I saw he's going to put out some more on Friday, put out, send out a bunch of bunch more invites. So got my fingers crossed. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get one. And uh but yeah, so then then uh, once once those drafts get going, once that kind of wraps up in terms of the the drafts and everything, that's probably when I'll start uh, getting everything set up. Yeah, I you know one of the bad things about the Scott Fishbowl invitations, I I never check my email. I have no reason <laughs> to check emails. I don't ever check my email. And so last year, I think that I was invited and I got a a, a DM or something from one of the guys, and they said. Hey, Hey, have you checked your email? I said, no, I, I don't check my email. They said, check your email. And I looked at it. I couldn't find it. And it was like in my spam folder or, or junk emails or something like that. And I think so much more Scott Fish and the gang over there than, than, than the, put in the junk email. Okay, So I didn't do that. I don't know if you have control over that or not, but I did not do that. And I had a great time <laughs> last year in the Scott Fish Bowl. I think I was in the 21 pilot division. I, don't, I didn't do very well. I'm not real great with technology. Rob, and I, I don't know that I understood completely how to make waiver wires. It was the first time I was ever in a Scott Fishbowl, and you know how it is. It, it was my second year really playing fantasy football and all these different contests with all you sharks out there. I was just, I'm just a minnow in the ocean, and you guys are just gobbling me up and all these different things. <laughs> yeah, it's it is it is fun getting to getting to compete with all kinds of different different people and um, getting to know a bunch of people. And like you said, it, it, it does take a little bit getting used to because the scoring's different, the site's different, um, how you do waivers and things like that is yeah. different. So it's it's definitely definitely a learning curve. Um, last year was my second year in it, and hopeful that I'll I'll be back for a third. It's funny you said that about the about the email. I'm like the opposite. I have I am checking my email Nonstop. I mean, I literally, I have them. I have it on notifications, so um, I get a notification every time I get an email. So I'm, I'm checking it pretty much like a text message at this point. And um, so I, but I don't ever check my spam. And aside from this time of year, this time of year I do check my spam pretty day, pretty much daily. So usually multiple times a day, really, actually. So um, yeah, I'm hopeful. Hopefully, get one. So we'll you've see. had you've had to walk me through so many different things, PayPal, whatever all that <laughs> stuff was. If you walked me through all those different things, I, I can't believe that you trust me enough to be able to put out a podcast. You know, I, 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 <laughs> you're probably shocked. How does he get that turned around so fast? I got a little guy in India that does it all for me. Rob is what it is. Okay, okay, that's all the secrets coming out. No, yeah, I, I, uh, I got. 
I got faith in you. I got faith in you. <laughs> and uh, it's funny. It's funny because I, I, uh, I actually don't really know any much of anything about in terms of editing, getting the podcast out, any anything like that. I haven't really looked into it just mostly because, uh, and you know, you do it also. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Anytime you need a little tip or a trick, just come over here and sit on Uncle Wes's lap and I'll teach you a thing or two. Okay? Uh, maybe not. That that sounds weird. Hey, tonight we're going to look at the MLB team stats a little bit here. We're going to look at that just to see on some teams that we can pick on in DFS stuff. Okay? We're going to do that. We're going to look at NFL news uh, that are broke recently, I guess, over the last couple of days, just to see what's going on over there in training caps and get the vibe for room to room here. And then we're going to go over some prize picks, wide receiver prop bets for the NFL future prop bets. Okay. So we're going to do that, Rob, if you don't mind, I know you don't mind because you've already agreed to those things and those terms and conditions. So I'm going to head over here to MLB.com does a wonderful job putting all those stats together for us. And I am going to go to team stats here and let's look at some of these things just to see what teams we may want to concentrate on and get a piece of this action uh, rob hold on hold on a little pop-up came here i think we got time will you take five to seven minutes to answer some questions on the future of baseball rob do you want to do a survey right now Let's if you're up for it whatever you want to do i clicked i clicked yes i may never be able to get back to the hitting stats page <laughs> again but i did uh, thank you for taking time to offer the future of baseball this survey should take five seven please begin by logging in what year you were born i uh, see i hate doing these kind of things rob i don't want to tell them what year i am born you know how i get those conspiracies running through my head <laughs> so i don't want them to know so i am going to go all the way down to 1921 all right <laughs> 1921 and that be i'm not that old i'm please tell us your current zip code what do they need to know my zip code for why? They're tra- they're tracking you, I think. All right. Uh, give me, make up a zip code. Uh, do we got a? I'm gonna nine four five six one uh, uh, two five six three two five three six. Let's see. It doesn't even exist. Never mind, Rob. We're not doing it. I do not trust yeah. them. We're over. <laughs> We're done. We're done. See, I, see how easy that is. Uh, MLB.com is working for the Russians, I believe, at this time. All right. Uh, um, runs, Rob. We're looking at runs. Who leads the league in runs scored? Whew. Okay, I'll give you a, I'll give you a, a, a trick question here. It's got well, a double doozy. The team in first place and the team in second place are both from the same city. It's funny because those were the, those were the two I was thinking of. Really? Um, yeah. Well, before the year, everything was made up about the Dodgers lineup being one of the greatest of all time. So I figured they had they were probably up there. I know they had like. It seems like they had disappointed a little bit, so I wasn't sure if they were first. I'm just going to say they're first, though. Yeah. Um, and then that means the Angels will be second. I was right. thinking the Angels, though, were at least top five. The other the other one that I was trying to decide between was the Yankees, because I know they've been on a tear. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure where they're at, but they got to be up pretty, pretty high, though. Chicago Cubs and Chicago White Sox are the two. No, it's not. Los Angeles Dodgers <laughs> and the Los Angeles Angels, one and two. 203 runs scored for the Los Angeles Dodgers through 37 games. The Angels, it has taken them 40 games to get to 196. So the Dodgers are the first team to crack that, uh, uh, crack that 200 barrier right now. I don't think they're playing today even. So maybe the Angels will be able to catch up to them if the Angels are playing. I can't remember. It's too many teams, too many teams. Uh, San Francisco is number three. That's interesting. All of them out there in California at 189 at 37 games there, too. And the Yankees, wow. like you said, are up there. And then the Mets. Uh, wow. It's two different 
two different coasts. I mean, that's like the two extremes. One through one through five are the two extremes. That's interesting. That's weird. That's weird. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that so so whenever you play DFS, make sure you play those those uh, Dodgers. Who do you think is the least scoring team? Mm. Well, I I have a few in my head. It's mm-hmm. uh, my my thoughts would be between either Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Detroit. Those were kind of the ones where I'm where I'm where my head's at. Um, okay, I'm gonna it, say, what's you that? got the you got. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you finish off. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Detroit just because I know there's been a lot. I I had seen actually seen uh, some tweets uh, directed kind of Paul Spore, you know, giving them a lost you, Rob. I'm gonna finish off that statement for you. They were giving them a hard time over there on Twitter. Uh, because of the terrible team that they have. And yes, you're right. The Detroit Tigers only have 105 runs scored right now at this point. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, who is the second worst, they're 29th, Detroit is 30th. Pittsburgh has 122. So Detroit is what, at 17, 17 runs behind Pittsburgh. And we know Pittsburgh's an atrocious team. Baltimore's down there at 131 as well. So, uh, boy. Detroit, 105 runs scored through 38 games. So almost 40 games. That's terrible, Rob. That's just terrible. Yeah, that's bad. That's wow. bad too. And they they they've been they've been really really struggling. And uh, you know, early, beginning of the year they had a promising lineup. You know, they made they added Javi Baez and you know Akil Badu was a popular breakout pick. And you know they they Robbie Grossman was coming off a really strong season and. You know, they had they had what looked like the makings of, you know, um, what could be an up and coming lineup. They have Torkelson, you know, mm-hmm. first round pick from recent and it just has not gone well at all for them so far. So, uh, yeah, they're there. And they also added Austin Meadows, too. That was the other acquisition. So Meadows has been hurt, banged up. He's on. I think he's on the aisle right now. But has struggled. They sent him down. Riley Green was another guy that they were was in, had mm-hmm. was showing encouraging signs he's been hurt all year Torkelson struggled a bit uh Baez has been in and out of the lineup they've 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 really uh had a rough season so far you know that is one of the worst hitting ballparks for any of those teams mm-hmm. and Baltimore is like the second worst because they moved their fence back I think in, in left field they moved their fence back yep. to kind of go through their strengths and then you think about how that ball seems to be a little bit different this year, and people aren't hitting as as many home runs. So the runs were a lot less throughout the beginning part of the baseball season. So you couple the baseball along with those terrible ballparks, and maybe we're seeing the direct results of what will happen if you have a ball in a bad a, a bad ball in a bad ballpark. Yeah, it's interesting too because so. If you were, you know, looking at uh, baseball savant at all, they they have like, you know, obviously as you know, and I know that they have the, um, you know, the exit velocities and all that kind of stuff, all those readings. Well, the the max, the the interesting part about it, the way you can kind of almost confirm that the ball is different is that the max EVs are pretty similar um, from year over year. But the ball, the ball is just not flying as far. So when mm-hmm. they're hitting it, when they're hitting it, the same launch angle and the same speed, it's not flying as far as it was before. So there's definitely something different. And like you said, combine that, especially in in Baltimore with the with the fence being moved back and raised. Um, so that's gonna that's gonna make a difference there. So and uh, hopefully once the weather starts heating up a little bit, the balls will fly a little bit more. We'll get some more 
more run scoring going on, but we'll see. One of the things I like to look at, and I think it is an important stat, are doubles. I think doubles are important stats because that's that's hitting the the ball right there on the nose, you know, and 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 it's driving the ball, it's line driving the ball. It's not necessarily trying to hit home runs all the time. It's not trying to just get a little base hit here and there. It's just smacking the ball around. Leading the league in doubles is Boston Red Sox. Second is the Dodgers, then the Twins and the Cardinals and the Rockies. I don't think that's a reflection necessarily of the Boston Red Sox. Uh, o- overall standings or where they are sitting in their standings, so their overall record. The Boston Red Sox, though, have 84 doubles compared to just 74 for the Dodgers, about the same amount of games played. The Twins then drop all the way down to 68. So the Boston Red Sox seem to be, to me, hitting the ball really well, just not coming up with the right flavor, I guess, at the end of the game. Yeah, it's interesting, um, especially when you think about Trevor Story came over and he seems to have like struggled a little bit to start the year, uh, transitioning over to a new team, new league. And but yeah, I mean they do have they do have some good hitters in there. Their park is kind of built for doubles, uh, yeah, with that with true. that monster wall over there. So if you're not lifting it high enough, then you know, it's anytime you hit that off the wall, it's generally a double or they got that uh quirky center field angle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that yeah. kind of gets in there so there may be a little bit of that playing into it but yeah like you said their 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 lineup is um even if they're not scoring scoring well and winning games right now their their lineup is a good one that could get hot at any time and like you said they're hitting a lot of doubles so could be a sign of things to come it should be an out if you catch it off the green monster you know, if it hits the green yeah. monster and it comes back, <laughs> it should be an out. That's how we used to do it in ball, you know, whenever we were playing in the playground and stuff like uh, the worst team for doubles, the Texas Rangers with 40. Hmm. They're below Pittsburgh. They're below Detroit. They're below Seattle and Kansas City. And that's stuff. The Texas Rangers, all that money spent, and they only have too many, too many players trying to be a hero. I, I believe on the Texas Rangers is what the problem is right now. I think they're going to get that together, though, pretty soon. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, those guys are, you know, like you said, they spent a lot of money on Seager and Simeon, and um, it's kind of surprising. You know, Simeon especially has really, really struggled to start the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I've always been a big Simeon fan, and he's always seemed like he's been one of the hardest workers in the league. It's, if you just look back at earlier in his career, he was he was a horrible defensive player. Um, so, you know, the only way to get better at defense work hard and train over and over and over practice practice and he ended up becoming very very good defensive player so you just that just right there tells me kind of work ethic he has um and so i i i think he's gonna even though there's not a lot of encouraging signs right now way he's hitting the ball and things but just his work ethic i feel like he can he can be a guy that turns it around and that that kind of work ethic that attitude is kind of infectious so i I would expect them to get going a little bit too Funny, they have 39 home runs and 40 doubles. That's weird. That's just weird. And they're in the middle of the pack, kind of team number 10-ish in the middle of the pack because there's a lot of teams right there around that 39, 37 mark for home runs. But uh, the team with the worst amount of home runs, Rob, the Detroit Tigers. They have I figured, 20, yeah. They have 20 home runs. Right above them are the Oakland Athletics that you and I talked about. We don't know how they're winning games. We don't know how they were in contention, I think, a couple of weeks ago whenever we were talking about it. And really, it's not home runs. They're not doing it by home runs. It is a B-League, uh, B-Squad they have playing for the Oakland Athletics, it feels like. It's so strange. They always, like we mentioned you know, previously, they always find a way to win. I mean, because I'm, I'm even looking at um, 
their strikeout percentage and their bottom 10 of the league as well. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, not hitting home runs. They're striking out more than almost, you know, two thirds of the league. And I just don't understand how they, they get it done. <laughs> they just, but they just somehow do. The Red Sox are down there at 27 as well, just to kind of put that in reference. A lot of doubles, not a lot of home runs yet. Maybe that ball needs to get warmed up a little bit. Leading the league in home runs are the Houston Astros with 56. The Angels have 55. The Yankees have 55. Brewers with 50. And those Braves got 47, Rob, at the top five there. Uh, Nothing really surprises me. Those are all power-hitting teams, and it's uh, YOLO time whenever they get up to bat, it feels like. Yeah, definitely. If I if you would have had me guess, I would have guessed Yankees just because I knew Judge and Stanton are are sure. crushing the ball right now. Plus, I know Rizzo has a lot to start the year too. Um, but yeah, th- nothing surprised me about those teams. Like you said, they get up there, they're swinging for the fences. So it's no surprise that they're the 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 teams with the most home runs right now. So when we build DFS lineups, one of the team, one of the things you always want to do is you want to pick pitchers against teams that strike out a bunch. And right now, leading the league in strikeouts are the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Atlanta Braves, both and the Los Angeles Angels, all three of them with 370 strikeouts right now together as a team. And they're both they're all hovering around that 40 game mark and something like that. Usually these things are season long too. Like teams don't change their philosophies halfway. They don't start hitting the ball a little bit better. They don't all go to the eye doctor and all get a pair of glasses and go up to the plate. Then it is what it is. And you're going to be able to pick on the Diamondbacks, the Braves, the Angels, the Orioles, the Brewers. You're going to be able to pick on all those guys. I believe with your starting pitchers, especially if they throw really good ball and they strike out a lot of players, you're going to be able to accumulate a lot of fantasy points, Rob. Yeah, definitely. And um, the other thing I like to look at is the K percentage too, just yes. to get put it in like a, you know, more of a, a percentage aspect. And and those those teams are still all the top teams. Atlanta Atlanta does lead the way, twenty six point four percent, which that's so surprising to me. Um, I mean, I know they lost Freeman, but Olson has had great plate discipline, um, and then Acuna has has been a a great place plate discipline guy too. So Atlanta was one that really surprised me. Same with the angels, considering that they're the one of the highest scoring teams, one of the most home runs. And then they also have a high strikeout percentage. That's a, th- those teams are teams that are um, when you mentioned DFS, those teams would be actually teams that I would target if you're playing tournaments. Um, okay. Because, you know, the thing is, is that what most people they're going to see, if you have, say you have a, pretty good strikeout pitcher who's you know a risky strikeout pitcher but they're going up against the pirates or the reds or the diamondbacks tons of people are going to want to start that guy in dfs sure you you say that you say that same pitcher going against the angels who everyone knows they're scoring a ton of runs people Mm -hmm. are going to get a little gun shy there so the thing is though that that plays nice into into your favor though if you're if you're playing a tournament um, if you're playing a GPP in DFS that night, because you could play that guy, knowing that the Angels and the um, Angels and the Braves are high strikeout teams, and yeah, it's risky, but you need to go a little risky when you're trying to beat a, beat a ton of people. Yeah, so, you got to do you got to do hero DFS ball is what you got to do whenever you're in a tournament. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, that's something that I'll have to start looking at more when I if I if I 
start playing more. I'm I'm in a couple daily leagues, so I don't play as much DFS as I normally would. Um, but but yeah, if I if that's something that I'm gonna have to start uh, trying to see if I can I can pick on playing playing some under rostered starting pitchers against the Angels and the and the go. Braves, knowing that people are gonna be really really shy away from them, and even though they have they are striking out at a higher clip than almost anyone in the league. Oh, you're whispering sweet nothings in my ear at this point, Rob. Teams you don't want to pick on, though, the Washington Nationals are at 25, the Kansas City Royals at 27, Cardinals at 28th, and uh, White Sox at 29, and then the Cleveland Guardians, the little Cleveland Guardians down there with just 260 strikeouts right now at this point. Only 35 games, though. 35 games, they've had a lot of rainouts and stuff like that, so that, that number ought to go up, but they should still be right there in that bottom five range. So do not pick... uh, pitchers against those guys right there all right rob stolen bases it's a theory of a team of a of an organization to steal a lot of bases guess for me which which franchise has the most stolen bases in the major league baseball uh, major league baseball through thursday or through i don't know through wednesday night out these these things were kind of up to date though hmm okay so i do know a little bit of if they if I know, I know the Rays are very much up there. I don't know if they're leading, but they're gonna be, they're gonna be my guess because I don't, I don't know for sure who is. I just saw, I saw a stat recently talking about the Rays being having one of the most stolen base attempts in the league. So I'm uh-huh. assuming they're, they're up there, but I don't know. I'm gonna guess that they're leading. Uh, and and you're right. I was I started trying to do the math for the attempts because I was like, oh, that's, that should be attempts, not just stolen bases. Uh, but yes, the Tampa Bay Rays are second as far as stolen bases in the league. Okay. They have 31, but they do have the most attempts with 42 attempts. And okay. as, as long as my math is not failing me here along the way, the St. Louis Cardinals though are on top of the mm. league. The same amount oh, of games nice. with 35 stolen bases. They've only been caught stealing four times. The Tampa Bay oh, Rays wow. have been caught stealing. 11 times so i mean it's it's right there neck and neck those two those two franchises are right there and then the milwaukee brewers have got 27 the rangers have 27 and the philadelphia phillies have got 25 stolen base attempts i'm not sure i'm not sure who <laughs> on their team i'm not, i'm trying to think and i'm going they have nobody and gene segura is not running he says no nah, and i'm saving that for the young bloods and then yeah you know, <laughs> they just ain't doing it uh and- one of the one of the interesting things here los angeles angels 22 stolen bases been caught stealing okay. 13 times. 13 wow. times, Rob. Kurt Suzuki is running out of trying to steal bases and getting caught. <laughs> That's interesting for sure. It's funny too with the Angels because they're the team that gets picked on the most in terms of allowing um, stolen bases. Just part of it is the, the catching aspect, but a lot of it is their pitchers, like their, how long they take from, you know, in their stretch to home plate sure. and Noah Syndergaard is one that's always been picked on back even back to when he was a Met. So um, I know that, but yeah, it's interesting that they're on the other side of it, getting, getting uh, all those stolen bases. The one, so with Philly, with the Phillies, I know Harper has a decent amount, um, but he, but like you said, Segura's not really running that much. And well, I mean, a Segura maybe has a, yeah, I was going to say, and then, you know, Schwarber's not really, running and so i don't know who i don't know really know who, who for them. Is it up on the base pass he must be he must be <laughs> the but most boring yeah team, the most boring team in the league is the detroit tigers bar none that I mean, is they're they're they've <sighs> they've tried to steal 10 bases caught five times and, and successful oh five times gosh. come on come on detroit. Only, no 
<laughs> not 20 home runs, 47 runs scored. Oh, my. It's going to be a long season for the Detroit Tiger fans. That's crazy. They, so they're, they're last in home runs and steals. <laughs> and they're, they're, a team, they're a team to target when you're, when you're taking pitchers. <laughs> that's okay, that's yes. for sure. Yes, uh, definitely quality starts there if you get it. Colorado Rockies, uh, seven seven steals, eight failures uh, trying to steal bases. So they've tried 15 times, and, and they're one under 500 right now for that. Wow. <laughs> that's rough. <laughs> That is that's that's funny. I'm sorry. That's funny to me. Oh, all right, Rob. I I don't know. That's that's all I got here for these guys. That's it. That's it. That's enough of those. Uh, Maybe giggle, and now I'm done with them. All right. Good job. Uh, let's go over to uh, find out some NFL news. Rob at Nord zero seven two three over there on Twitter, trying to keep an eye on things for the Baby Bowl a little bit, and trying to not over overreact to news because this time of year, Rob, we I, I want to say in NFL training camps or when they're getting together, you know, little mini camps or whatever they're doing right now. All they're doing is really trying to start bonfires, and and they're sending up a bunch of smoke signals, right? And and whenever I hear bad news coming out of a camp, that's when I get alarmed. I don't care about the good news right now at this point Mm -hmm. because they're trying to build up egos. Am am I right in thinking that? That's generally how I kind of think about it, too. I don't – I don't – I kind of avoid most of it unless it's, like, injury. Um, And, again, it's more of – bad news than good news bad news is more concerning than good news is encouraging that's kind of how i look at it um because like you said they're they're trying to build everyone up everyone's trying to be as optimistic as possible no one's really going to try to leak out bad news and so those kind of things that come out like one thing one thing with uh I, i was thinking of that concerns me a bit is michael thomas and what they were saying that his his ankle's still not fully healed yet and it's like man what is going on like this guy barely played last year to get his ankle correct. He barely played the year before. And you'd think by this point, his ankle would be good. And it's, it's pretty discouraging to hear that his ankle's still not fully, fully a hundred percent yet, because I mean, he's already had months yeah. and months of recovery. So what is another month or two going to do at this point? So yeah, that that's something that's like an example of what we're talking about. He probably is trying to wait to see where Drew Brees signs, right? Because that was part of the news that came out the other day is that Drew Brees was thinking about coming out of retirement. And I don't I don't know where he would play. I would it's gonna it would be strange to see him in anything but a New Orleans Saints uh, a uniform, but at the same time, Tom Brady's in Tampa. We've seen Peyton Manning go someplace else. I don't know where in the world uh, Drew Brees would think about playing other than New Orleans, but uh, that that news was running around. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm trying to think of different teams that are kind of set up for a win now, but need need a quarterback. And it's got to be a dome. He's not going to play outside anywhere. It's got to be a dome. It's got to be good weather at least at the at the very least. It's got to be good weather because mm-hmm. we all know he didn't have the arm unless a year of recovery of not throwing actually gave him a better uh, ability to throw. I, I almost don't want to believe it because he never actually said that he was coming out of retirement or anything. He just didn't sign a contract with NBC. Right. Yeah. And he kind of put out a little fun tweet or joking a little bit about maybe he'll play this, maybe he'll do this. And I I don't think he will come back. But yeah, it it, it would be interesting. I mean, the only one, the only team that I can think of would be Seattle because I think they're in a dome and they have, you know, they got rid of Russ. But I, I like in terms of just a fit, but there's no, I mean, I would put that at less than 
0.1% chance that he would come out of retirement to go to Seattle. So Seattle's not in the dome though, are they? I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. I thought I, th- I was thinking it was I was thinking that was a dome, but maybe not. I thought they I thought they like they got rained on and stuff in Seattle. I I, I don't know. I could be you wrong. Might be, I'm, you, I'm gonna trust you, Rob. I'll trust you over me any day of the week. I'm not gonna argue whether or not Seattle's got a dome or not. Uh, but I just thought it was cold and everything in Seattle at some point and rainy and drizzly and all that. I, I'm 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 I believe myself. I'm trusting myself in this one, Rob. I'm trusting myself. Yeah, hey, I think you're right. I think you're right. Speaking it's of a, Robs. Uh, Robert Woods. Robert Woods says he feels great. Really, really good for his recovery. And the Tennessee Titans, Pierre and I, over on the DFS Streamer podcast, I think just last night, we were talking about those Tennessee Titans. And Rob, Robert Woods is the number one wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans. A little bit later, we're going to go into NFL future bets for wide receivers over on Prize Picks, where you can use that code FI today and sign up with that. Any new users that sign up are going to be able to get their deposit matched 100% from Prize Picks and us too. I, I'm going to say it's coming out of my pocket as well, Rob. I don't know that that's true. But it's, <laughs> that's what I'm going to say. Hey, going to give me credit. But you can you sign up over there using FI today over on Prize Picks, and we'll be going over those NFL futures. But I look at this, Robert. Woods news and I think about him being a wide receiver one and I'm just not confident Pierre was not confident is Rob Norton with his buddy Robert Woods uh confident in his feeling really really good in his recovery I'm not super confident either unfortunately I've long been a Woods fan um I've consistently had him above consensus over the past couple years last year to my own detriment detriment because I had him above Cooper Cup and that didn't that didn't go so well. So this year when he signed with the Titans, I was way, way, way down on him. Coming off of major injury, going from a pass happy, you know, high mm-hmm. high scoring team to a run first, you know, type of team. Um I I was really, really out. Now I don't know if I'm gonna be fully out. Because with AJ Brown gone, could see a good good uptick in the uh, target share. But I'm also not sold that a veteran receiver coming off a major injury, um, in a new scheme, new system. I'm not I'm not sold. I, I'll probably won't have a whole lot of Robert Woods if I'm just guessing right now. Um, things I guess things could change if the if it just keeps. The reports keep being very encouraging, but at this point, I'm I'm skeptical. The scenario you're painting sounds like you're describing the Julio Jones uh, scenario from last <laughs> season going into there. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Kadarius Tony, according to the New York Giants, is doing all the right things. The New York Giants are in love with their team because now Brian DeBowl, DeBowl, is that I said it right? Uh, the head coach for the Giants, he has reiterated his desire for Daniel Jones to cut it loose in 2022. What does it mean, Rob, when I tell you Daniel Jones is going to cut it loose in 2022? What does that mean? Man, I'm hopeful that it means that we're going to get a fun fantasy season from from the Giants players because a lot of those guys are going at a discount right now. Jones has been a guy that I think it was two years ago I hyped up a lot after his rookie season. Um, he, he showed some encouraging signs, and he was running a lot. He was He's fast. Um, you know, he seemed like he was like to push the ball downfield, but then 
all of a sudden it seemed like he didn't want to push the ball downfield. He he didn't, you know, do those kind of things. He would he was a lot more conservative, only pushing it downfield when he felt really, really confident. And, you know, it's it's interesting because Dayball is supposed to be that guy that, you know, they, they got him because of his work with Josh Allen and how Josh Allen was struggled really badly early on in his career. So they're hoping they can do the same thing with Daniel Jones. Um, I don't know if it'll happen or not. I I do hope so because, like I said, Daniel Jones can be a fun fantasy quarterback. Kadarius Tony, we saw flashes last year. How exciting he can be with the when he gets the ball in his hands. So I'm hopeful that he's doing the right things, like they say. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. It's the Giants, though. I'm not I'm not overly optimistic. Yeah, we want to protect the ball, Dayball said. And uh, But again, you can't go out there and play afraid. Be smart, uh, not reckless, if you will. He's going to take a shot in the right uh, read. Let it go. Let it go is what Dayball said. Let it go. Hey, Geno Smith has got the early edge over Drew Locke. Uh, right now in Seattle camp, I was sniffing that out a little bit. Geno played pretty well last year whenever he got to fill in for Russell Wilson. Seemed to have a great rapport with DK Metcalf as well. But uh, Waldron says uh, that right now Geno's done such a good job of carrying over the principles from 2021. He's already the head start over Drew right there. We have a long time to go, and we're just in T-shirts and shorts right now. So <laughs> we're, just, we're not doing anything but going against the air, he said. So I think that that's a really good take for this preseason t- uh, time frame for the NFL. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Drew Locke has long been a guy that, you know, would, dream on the potential of what he could be. And he's, he's kind of been like that guy, like, like Jameis was where he was a, you know, almost like a lesser version of Jameis where Jameis was a guy that wasn't, wasn't afraid to let it loose gunslinger mentality. And, and Drew Locke has that, has that little bit of that in him too. Um, I expect Drew Locke to play more than Gino, but this is definitely, um, not encouraging for, for Drew Locke, that's for sure. No. Uh, Saquon Barkley is supposed to catch a ton of passes, a ton of passes, because we all know that those Buffalo Bills running backs caught a ton of passes <laughs> in that system, right? That's that's what, We're going to take that with a grain of salt. David Montgomery is transitioning. The team is transitioning to a run-heavy team with an outside zone. Oh, that sounds juicy right there. Too bad the rest of the team stinks, so it doesn't matter. He's not going to have a lot of <laughs> rushing attacks. Is what he's not going to have. Uh, the Chargers signed Megan Fox. No, that's Morgan Fox. Never mind about that. Commander signed number 16 overall pick. Wide receiver, you know this name, Jahan, Jaheen Dotson. Rob, I trust you to know all these names. Yeah, Jahan Dotson. They're uh, out of Penn State, the first round pick. Um, yes, sir. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I wasn't a huge fan of the pick, but um, I like it, I guess, for uh, McLaurin um, because I don't think Dotson is as much of a target hog as some of the other receivers that they maybe could have gotten in that range. So um, I like the fact that maybe he's he could be a, more of a field stretcher, open things up for McLaurin. Um, but yeah, they... they uh, It'll be interesting to see him on the field than those two together. Yeah, I think so, too. I think that'll be really interesting. Paris Campbell's ready to participate in all these things. Eric Smith in his own t- is, is, is in OTAs this week and was seen running routes. 
at almost full speed, Rob. Listen to this breaking news they've, they're putting up here. <laughs> it's a slow time in the NFL, almost full speed. You can almost see me running at full speed as well uh, anytime you come <laughs> out there to the house. Tyler Higby is recovering from off-season knee surgery. <laughs> That's what the headline says. <laughs> well, right, I'm recovering. He's recovering from... <laughs> I don't know, why are we doing this? I don't know why I'm doing this. That was a train wreck. James Bradbury did sign a one-year, ten million dollar deal with the with the Philadelphia Eagles. I think that's a good signing for them. That defense to me was an underrated defense last season. Uh, they kept everything in front of them. They played the zone really well. I, I think that if they keep, they kept that unit together a lot, and I think that that's going to be able to really, really help out having that Bradbury signing. Yeah, definitely. Um... They they are, seem like a team that's like going all in right now. Mm-hmm. So you know, with the AJ Brown trade, and it looks like they're trying to see what they can do with the with the core that they have right now. So, um, and I think they know that the NFC itself isn't isn't very strong in general, and the NFC East hasn't been really strong. And the I mean, the Cowboys have always been the team that everyone hypes up every year, but they seem to disappoint every year. So. Um, maybe they think that they have a little bit of a of a shot here, and then uh, it'll be interesting to see what they can do with it. Yeah, I just think Bradbury's going to be able to fit in there, keep everything in front yeah. of you, uh, keep everything in front of you, and I think that Eagles defense does that a lot. So I think that's a good one right there mm-hmm. to solidify that. Dalvin Cook has lined up a bunch at wide receivers. At wide receiver, he's lined up a bunch at wide receiver. I don't, I don't want to see that, but it is interesting that on our prize picks wagers that we placed last night, Pierre and I, that. Uh, Pierre was vehement that that uh, uh, who's the backup there? Met, um, what's his name? Madison. Alexander Madison. Madison. Yeah, that they were going to give Madison the ball a little bit more this season just because he played so well. And I was like, man, there's no way James Cook is going to let him. I just don't see James Cook getting off the field. Uh, and it doesn't sound like he's going to. He's going to he's going to play wide receiver is what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it, it would be interesting for Dalvin if he if he's able to get more because that that's he, he's he's shown that he can be a capable pass catcher and he's explosive once he gets a ball in his hands so uh maybe with this with this scheme that he can uh get a little bit more pass work and um that'd be you know a nice a nice boost to his fantasy value and um uh, so yeah it'll be interesting to see how they use him all right, that's all the news. I can't, I can't keep doing the news, Rob. That's that's all the news we got right there. Uh, really good though stuff. I'm trying to, we're trying to get everything ramped up for the football season. It'll be interesting to watch some of those headlines uh, keep going over and over again as we go through this. All right, let's go over to pro football history. Let's look at the wide receiver statistics from last year. Let's try to make some educated guesses over here on Prize Picks, Rob, to see what we're going to do. I, I, I like doing it this way. Because we're able to, I don't know, come to our own conclusions first, then see what Prize Picks has to offer, and then I think be confident in placing some kind of over or under bet on that. We're doing it right, right? I don't think we got to do it any differently, do we? Yeah, I think we're we're looking at it at a pretty good way. Leading the league in, well, how are we going to do this? This targets? Do we do it by target this this time? Yards per reception, yards per target. How are we doing this, Rob? We gotta we gotta find some good way of of coming to a, a good conclusion on what we believe that the wide receiver yardage is going to be. Yeah. So, you know, without without really like diving into it crazy. Um, I guess we would kind of, you know, just look at it 
look at it based on last year, kind of get a feel of if we think they're how much we think that the um, offense would change for better or for worse, and new additions and things like that, and and okay. then kind of go from there. Okay, well, leading the league in receptions. I'm not, or I almost say reception, but yards, yardage. We're going yardage because that's where we're going. That's what we got to okay. think is, is yardage, all right? Uh, and leading the league in yardage, no doubt, was Cooper Cup, 1,947 mm-hmm. yards altogether received, almost 2,000. How could they not get it to 2,000? That would have been something, man, to be able to see that in our lifetime. I, I guess we, it may have been done before, but just an incredible year uh, that he put up. And he had yards per target, 10 yards a target, a yards per reception. He had 13 and a half yards per reception, and he recepted uh, 145 targets last year. 191 targets altogether, too. Wow, an unbelievable year for Cooper Cup. Things have changed, though, right? Robert Woods isn't there. Odell Beckham isn't there. And we've talked about this one a little bit. Allen Robinson is there now, but that's still not something that we really necessarily liked, uh, Rob. What about you? What, how, how are we looking at Cooper Cup's projections this year? Hmm. Uh, I mean, of course it's going to come down. I, you just can't expect that again. I mean, it, it's possible he could do that again. It's just it's not something I, you could project or expect to happen, considering how insane of a year it was. So. You know, even still, though, it reminds me a little bit of like the year of Michael Thomas when he had coming off of that year, um, because not much has really changed a whole lot in terms of the offensive philosophy. It seems like they're probably going to be, you know, still the same style of offense. You know, Stafford's still there. Yeah, they switched out uh, Woods and Beckham, and uh, now they have A Rob in there. Um, But yeah, so I mean, I would expect. Cooper Cup still be a target hog once again. And, uh, you know, I, I would expect him to be the definitely the favorite to lead the league in, in catches and yards and things like that again. Um, but I would probably put the yardage closer to like 1500 to be, be safe. Just to, if I'm, if okay. I'm guessing offhand. Well- and Justin Jefferson had 16-16 uh, yards last season. Devontae Adams, 15-53. Jamar Chase, 14-55. Debo Samuel, 14-05. So that's kind of the the way we're going here. Mark Andrews at 13-61. That's crazy. Uh, Tyreek Hill at 12-39. Stephon Diggs, 12 and a quarter. Tyler Lockett, 11-75. Deontay Johnson, 11-61 to round out that top 10. So you're thinking he's going to fall down more into the Devontae Adams, Justin and Jefferson type of range, even Jamar, Jamar Chase range. I yeah. mean, I, I, I got to think he's going to be a little bit higher than that, Rob, just because of the system that he's in. It's definitely possible. I just, it's just so, I mean, even, unsustainable. It is. Right. Even, even 1600 yards. If you're putting that, it's, he's closing in on a hundred yards every single game mm-hmm. on average. So it's like, it's hard for me to think of someone doing that. I mean, obviously he did, but I'm just saying. 114, it's hard, hard to, 115 yards a game last year. I know it's just so it's so crazy how how good of a year he had last year. It's just, All right. Yeah, no, no, keep going. I'm I'm just I'm no, but yeah, I I I'm generally cons- a bit conservative with the with the projections in terms of just like oh. offhand, and like I said, I haven't de- dove in or anything, but yeah, yeah, I would I would I'd put the line somewhere around 1500 
I like what you said last week, too, about taking the under in a lot of close situations just because mm-hmm. if somebody gets hurt or whatever. I, I thought about that a couple of different times. I'm like, yeah, that he was right on that. He was right. And I usually did, too. You, uh, one of these days, we'll go over my pitching, all, all my pitching ones that I took at the beginning of the year, and you'll be like, Wes, I am impressed at how well you did with that. Uh, my go. baseball ones, I, I, I was impressed. I am impressed right now as well. Uh, Cooper Cup. For, uh, according to prize picks where you can use that code fi today and participate along with us 1450 is what they have in projected 1450 and a half is what they have them projected at and so i you said 15 i can see i can see more than 15 myself i like the 16 range the 17 range i know there's going to be regression there it's got to be regression there but i just like the system that he's in i like how much he's uh, getting the ball there, and he is going to be the only wide receiver in that room in my world. You just know I have a lot of hate for a Rob, so I, it's hmm. it's that's bears biased, I guess. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it, th- at that number, it's it to me, it's just I I would I'd want to take the over in a way, just because I feel like what we saw and it's what we saw was him going so much over that number. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's hard to think, but that's one for me personally that I would just stay away from. Um, Cause I mean, 1450 yep. is still an, an incredible year. So yeah, that's, that's a, that's a year, <laughs> that's a year where literally only four players did that this year. So you're talking about, and four players who had incredible years. So um, it's just, uh, Banking on full health all year again, once again, um, just bank. It's it to me. It's just too risky to take the over, and I don't want to do the under because I do think if he stays healthy all year, it's probably going to go over. So it's it, it's a tough one for me. No risk it, no biscuit. I think that's the quote. All right, we gotta mm-hmm. we gotta move on these guys. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson had sixteen sixteen last year. Like I said, one hundred and eight receptions, uh, yards per target, nine point seven yards per target for Justin Jefferson. Yards per reception was at fifteen. <laughs> 15 yards per reception. Um, my page disappeared here, but I, they've said in Minnesota that Justin Jefferson is ready to explode this year. A lot of people have him as the number one wide receiver coming off the board or should be even over a Cooper Cup because they're just expecting really big things there. And I'm, I, I, I try to raise my hand and say, uh, remember, Kirk Cousins is the one throwing him the football. Remember that, you know, just and mm-hmm. I, I, I don't dislike Kirk Cousins all that much. But at the same time. Kirk is going to Kirk every once in a while, which is going to hinder a little bit of Justin Jefferson's production. 16-16 is a really big number from last year. Higher or lower than that, Rob? He's a t- he's another tough one for me because I, I love Justin Jefferson. So I love the fact that he's done it both years. He's still only 22. Um, He's his his yards per reception is incredible. His yards per target is great. His yards per route run metric is incredible. Um, I just think he's one of the best receivers in the league easily right now. And I I don't disagree with anyone who wants to put him number one. Um, I don't know if I'll have him number one or not when when it comes time for redraft season. But he he's a he's a yardage kind of guy too, and he gets a high high target count. So um, I would put him again right around 1500 is is where I'm thinking because he's he's the guy that you know if you look at his targets from last year at 167 and he caught 108 so his catch percentage was lower which already kind of factors in the 
the deeper target plus Kirk Cousins aspect. And I, I like Kirk Cousins as well. Like I'm, I'm not knocking Kirk Cousins, but I, I, you know, when you look at that catch percentage, I don't think he's going to go down from there. So mm-hmm. if he gets a similar number of targets, he's probably going to catch a similar amount, maybe even more. And then he could, his yardage can go uh, any which way. So I'd probably put him at 1500. No, I, I thought you were going to say 3000. By the way, you were showing him so much love. I thought that's where it was going. All right, so you'll say 1,500. I think that that's the safe one. I think 1,500 is the safe barometer for those top-tier guys. You know what I mean? Like, so 1,500, maybe a little bit higher, it sounds like. I think I could tell from the inflection in your voice that you mm-hmm. thought Justin Jefferson was going to be a little bit higher. Prize picks has him at 1,475. 1,475 Ooh, so there, Rob. They have him above cup, huh? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. I wouldn't, I wouldn't surprise Okay, Devontae Adams is number three here. He's at 1553 last year. A whole new team, whole new person throwing him the ball. We can't take any of his stats, I don't think, from last year and equate them to what he will do this year. That's just me personally. I don't. I, mm-hmm. I can't see how we're going to be able to judge him at all. So 1500 is for that upper echelon of wide receivers. Me personally, I go, okay, they may try to force him the ball a little bit, but that doesn't mean a lot. I can't see him getting that 1,500 mark. I'm going to have to say it's lower than 1,500. I don't know how low, though, Rob. Help me uh, figure that out. Yeah, that's that's I, I kind of see it the same way. Um, Derek Carr is an underrated quarterback, but he's not Aaron Rodgers good. Um, and a lot Carr, more weapons. Weapons in Raiders land. Yeah, that that too. And so plus new scheme. So I mean he he has familiarity with that with uh, Adams and Carr does back from their college days, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I I I would definitely go under. Um, probably I'd probably I don't know set it at like thirteen thirteen fifty. Yeah, I was thinking thirteen, and I let me look at this. It keeps flipping out on me a little bit here. I think it's my reception. Uh, Devonte Adams thirteen hundred yards around those thirteen hundred okay. and a half. I'll leave that one alone. I'm not touching yep. that one. All right, our guy Jameer Chase. Uh, he is over there uh, last season, fourteen fifty-five. He has a healthier quarterback this year going into the season, which ought to make a little bit of difference. Uh, but at the same time, we got that sophomore slump or that sophomore jinx that a lot of players go through. But man, look at those! Only eighty-one receptions for Jameer. That's that's incredible. 81 receptions, 18 yards per reception. I know last season at the beginning of the year, we kept saying he can't keep catching these many touchdowns. He can't keep, you know, because it was like a long ball, long ball every single game. He's going to have to improve on the amount of receptions to be able to keep that 1455 or be in that 1500 range, Rob. There's no way he can keep that up. Yeah, he's an interesting one, too, because of that. Um, The Bengals, it's funny because the Bengals came into last year um, coming off of like a terrible season and they were one of the most pass heavy teams in the league. And then all of a sudden they went pretty run heavy for a while. And then about two thirds of the way through the year, they switched over and they went real pass heavy again because Burrow got real hot late in the season. Um, and I think that was more of just Burrow getting healthier coming off mm-hmm. of injury and they started letting him, letting him drop back more, throw more. Um, this, this offense is just, I think this offense is just so good. They're so explosive. Um, Chase Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, Burrow has so many weapons. And he's a good, he's a great QB. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they open it up a little bit more, which should help the targets and receptions go up. 
but because we'll probably see that yards per reception drop. So I would still put him, though, probably right around the 14 or 1500 mark as well. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, if it even if it drops to 15, 14, you know, I was thinking the same thing as you. I, definitely, he's going to catch 100 balls this year. I mean, he's catching 100 balls this year, no doubt, right? That's what, that's what I'm thinking, too. Okay, yeah, there's no doubt he's catching 100 balls this year. Uh, let's see here. It, we have prize picks putting him at, Rob, 1,300 yards. This is one. This is one I'd be. I'd feel. I'd feel pretty good about taking the over. I am too. I'm taking the over. It's the first one I'm taking anything on, really. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm, Like I mentioned last week, I'm not. I'm not big on taking overs, but um, I think if he stays healthy all year, or he's gonna go over 1300. I agree. Debo Samuel, number five, right here. Number five. It's going to order, which is surprising to me. It makes a lot of sense. But it's just surprising to me. <laughs> uh, Debo hmm. Samuel finished with 14.05 last season. Coming into this year, disgruntled, 77 receptions. 77 receptions. He got 1,400 yards out of those 77 receptions. 18.2 yards per reception, Rob. He's never striking me as a 1,500-yard wide receiver. You know, We're talking about all these other names, and these guys are all wide receivers. Debo is not really happy in San Francisco right now running the football. So if they pass, I, I just I don't I don't know what to expect out of the quarterbacks either. Rob, I, mm-hmm. I, I, he's definitely lower in my head in the from the fifteen hundred club. So I, I just I just don't know how low. Same. Um, he's a guy that he's 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 another one. Where it's it's hard with all these guys because they're a lot of them are it's outlier stuff. So you'd never want to predict an outlier and, and, and uh, yet here we have so many of them and, but Debo is definitely such a unique guy. And I, I, I would definitely go much way under, um, you know, I would think like 11, 1200, maybe receiving, especially when we're talking about receiving, just because, with his usage, I don't know if they're going to try to continue handing him the ball off so much. And that takes away, I mean, that helps the offense. It helps his rushing yards, but does nothing for his receiving yards. So I, I don't know what the number is going to be, but I'd probably feel pretty good uh, smashing the under. Well, I, I, I've always thought Samuel and I look, and people talk about them being wide receivers. And I've always thought, who cares? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want either one of them as a wide receiver, especially a wide receiver one. That Debo burned me last year, but it was because of all the handoffs that he got. Really, it wasn't because of the touchdown receptions. It wasn't because of the receptions. At one point, I need a five-point PPR league in order for Debo mm-hmm. Samuel to be effective in that. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Price Picks has Debo Samuel at one thousand one hundred and seventy-five yards. That's that's a, that's a pretty big drop. That's a pretty big drop from where he was. 300, uh, well, I guess not 300, but close to it. Uh, 280, 260. That's Ebo Samuel, 1175. I can't touch it. I can't touch it. Yeah, that's that is fair. I I feel I'd feel okay taking the under just because okay. just because like I said, they they switch that role up so much. Injury could happen. He's like obviously he's a guy that's like taking handoffs, and we know how we know how easily guys who you know running backs who take handoffs can get injured. Um, he was injured the year before, 
Um, not saying he's going to get injured. I'm just saying like with the 1175, he's at 18 yards of target. That's coming down. I don't know if his target no- numbers are going to go even go up. I would expect it to go down if Ayuk plays mm-hmm. better this year and Kittle stays healthier. Plus, not to mention that the offense itself could go more run heavy with Lance uh, under center. I just, yep. I, I, I mean, it yeah. wouldn't even shock me if if Debo didn't get a thousand receiving yards. Um, wow. I mean, I, I could see him getting over a thousand total yards because they're just going to use him as an offensive weapon. But in terms of pure receiving yards, I, I mean, I don't know. It it he scares me a lot. You know, something else I, I was thinking about as you were talking about that. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Debo Samuel very dedicated to the team. I left it all out there on the field, crying afterwards and all that. But at the same time. In the offseason, I mean, almost right as soon as the page flipped after the season was over, we heard the talk about Debo Samuel saying he no wanted, he no longer wanted to do the running back thing anymore. No more. No more. And I saw the value plummeting on Debo myself. I was like, well, if you're not going to run the ball, I'm not really ever been impressed with you receiving the ball. Maybe, maybe Debo finds one of those injuries, too, if they do hand it off to him too much. You know, just one mm-hmm. of those, hey, man, I don't feel good today. My hamstring's bothering me a little bit. You know, just, just one of those things. So... I like your underthought, and and I like that. So I am going to go ahead, 1175. We're going under on that one. Tyreek Hill is the next name. Tyreek Hill is the next name on the board, switching everything up. We saw him get underthrown on those films. He had 1,239 yards last year, but that doesn't mean anything going into that Miami Dolphins system where, me personally, I didn't see Tua throwing it down the field very often, really far. Uh, which is what I always associate with Tyreek Hill, you know, that 10, 15 yard range. And to me, Tua lived last year in that 10 and under range more than anything else. And I've never, ever, ever been impressed, even back to the college days, with Tua's decision making ability. Whenever he has mm-hmm. to throw it downfield, he was always great with those slants. He was always great, even in the deeper slants, but he was a one read guy. And then if he had to improvise, it seemed to me like that was when he really had trouble and he could get hurt. And I think that that's how Tyreek Hill is going to end up his career in Miami this first year anyway. It's going to end up having to be is depending on Tua to be able to find him. And, and I just I can't see it happening. I definitely think he's going down from the fifth from that twelve hundred and thirty nine club. I, I would want to say eleven hundred yards, maybe somewhere in that neighborhood, Rob. Yeah, that sounds like a good number. Um, and we saw it with Waddle last year that everyone expected Waddle to be like Tyreek as a deep threat, and they used him, you know, a lot more underneath. So it was definitely um, interesting to see. And uh, you know, the crazy part is when I'm looking at Tyreek's numbers from last year. If you would have told me he caught 111 balls and Debo Samuel caught 77, there's no way. I would have said he Tyreek had 200 less yards with almost <laughs> with 34 more 34 more receptions. receptions. I mean uh-huh. Tyreek is the you know the elite deep ball guy that everyone associates with being a deep ball guy with Mahomes and racking up yards and doesn't necessarily always have a ton of catches but he, he didn't he was kind of the opposite last year a little bit and I think that was because we saw that the uh defenses were really playing a lot of a lot of uh deep zones and brackets and trying to take away the deep ball with for for Hill and Mahomes sure, so sure. 
Um, but I agree with you when going to Miami. I've never been a big fan of Tua. Um, I kind of like him a little bit, maybe as a, a fantasy sleeper, just because he has so many weapons. So, and if you get the ball in those guys' hands quick and they can take off, like those still count as passing yardage. So, um, he he's he is kind of some post high sleeper appeal in in fantasy just for the fact that his guys could take any pass to the house and and those are yards yards for him but um other than that i mean i do see tyreek's numbers kind of going down um you just kind of common sense going to from mahomes to tua so yeah and target share too yeah uh, target share is gonna go down a, b- a bunch yeah i don't i can't see two wide receivers there having 100 targets apiece, and that's what Tyreek and Jalen Waddle had last year. Both of them had right there at that 104, 111 together respectively. So you know, 108 targets between them on average. I, I can't see Tyreek Hill getting 108 targets this year either. It just It's not going to be able to happen with that many weapons like he has. Yeah, it, it's definitely. And okay. uh, definitely he's, he's – I, I agree with you. Um. I'm more down on Tyreek. Um, I'll put him around 1050 or 1100. Okay, Tyreek, 1100 right on the nose. 1100 yards. I'm going to leave it at that because I can't, I, I don't trust myself. And I'm mm-hmm. confident. I can't see him being under 1,000 yards. You know, I know or, just Tyreek Hill under 1,000, it seems, doesn't, doesn't sound right. But it may happen. Just the way you and I are talking right now, it may happen. It, that, that'd be really weird. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is the next guy up. Had 12 and a quarter for reception, receiving yards last season. Uh, see, he had 103 targets. I thought he would have had more targets than that. Only 103 targets last year. Oh, no, I'm sorry, 103 receptions. I was saying targets earlier, too. They had more targets, 159 for Tyreek Hill and 104 Jalen Waddle, 140 targets. I was looking at receptions earlier, so my bad. My bad. It's it's late. Breadman get up early, and it's late right now. Uh, so if we're looking at the rest of this, when we see Stephon Diggs, he had 12 yards per reception. 12 and a quarter is what he finished at. Don't they have more miles to feed? Didn't they get Jamison Crowder? Yeah, um, they had they signed Jamison Crowder. They got rid of Beasley, got rid of Emmanuel yeah. Sanders. Um, so now they added Crowder and uh, basically, you know, a lot of people are hyping up Gabriel Davis. So um, I'm not as big on Gabriel Davis as most people. Um, I know he had some monster games in the playoffs and things like that. um, But I'm not as, as sold on him being a consistent guy. Uh, Crowder. I like, I like as just a, you know, as a guy under underneath and everything, Um, just a solid PPR kind of guy. I'm expecting Diggs to bounce back, um, have a bigger season than he had last year. I think it was more of just um, like if you look at his catch percentage, he had the 164 targets. He still had 103 catches, but um, and that was despite Allen being more accurate. So I'm expecting Diggs to jump back into that 110 catch range. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of would put his number at about 1300 is what I'm guessing, 1350. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Let's see here. Stephon Diggs. I agree with you. If anything, I think he's going to go up from where he went last year. 
Mm-hmm. I do think Jamison Crowder is a little bit of an upgrade. Gabriel Davis is going to be a little bit of an upgrade. So people have to concentrate on those guys instead of Stephon Diggs. It seemed like that window was always really tight that Stephon Diggs had to catch the football in, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't think he had lost a step. I didn't think any of that stuff. I just think there was always like two guys around him, two or three guys around him all the time. And that was I think that's going to change this year. Uh, Stephon Diggs, 1,250. 1,250 yards is what Prize Picks has him at. I like I like I like the over as long as he's healthy. That's but uh, yeah. again, it's it's a it's a I'm going over. thing is is basically it's just a a bet on staying healthy. CD Lamb is now the number one uh, wide receiver there in Dallas as well. CD Lamb, I got to look way down the page. It feels like Rob for this guy because he only played in what thirteen uh, sixteen games. Started in 13, he had 120 targets, 80 receptions, had 1,100 receiving yards. Is he going to move up into that 1,500 club this year, Rob? That's what number I one receivers do. I think he has the potential to. Um, I'm 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 a big CD Lamb fan. Um, I could see his targets jumping up into that 150 range. You know, his catches going up to that 100, 110 range. And he's got the yards per reception to to get it done. So he could he could be in there. Um, I'd have him a little bit lower than Diggs. Um, I think they're both in like somewhat similar situations in the sense that they're the number one target on a possible explosive offense, pass heavy possible pass heavy offense um, with good QBs. So. They both have somewhat similar. It's just Diggs is more proven and on mm-hmm. a better, on a more proven offense so far. So um, with Lamb, I'd put him about 1250. 1200 is what they have, Matt. I was thinking 13 for CD Lamb, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, for for me, when I was thinking about that, like you said, about 100 receptions maybe this year for CD Lamb, and he's got around 13 yards per reception. So I was thinking 1300 yards. I don't mind taking the over on CD Lambs as well. I think I'm going to take the over on that one. Uh, next one, Jalen Waddle, our guy that we were just talking about. We gave all the stats already. Where do you think he fits in this year? Do you think those guys just kind of split it up? Tyreek and Jalen Waddle kind of just split things up, and they're both going to take a little bit of a hit. Jalen Waddle finished with 1,015 yards. It's hard for me to think after Jalen Waddle's season last year and 140 targets. That he's going to finish with less than a thousand yards. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they both will. Maybe they both will finish right under a thousand. Yeah, they, um, I'm a little bit lower on Waddle than most people, um, and it's mostly mostly because I do, like I said, I I'm not huge on Tua and Tyreek coming over. Um, I do think Tyreek eats into Waddle's production a bit. I don't know how that's going to get divvied up between the two. Um, well, I'm just kind of seem like I'm kind of avoiding both at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know where to put that, that number, but I'd probably, you know, I, I think the receptions come down, but I think the yards per reception go up and I would think put them right about a thousand again. Okay. 1,050 is what prize picks has them at. So it's all just, they're, they're, they're convoluted a little bit convoluted right there. So I'm going to stay away from that one. Brandon cooks is the next guy. Uh, we're looking at that. Surprisingly enough, when I think about Brandon Cooks, I would not have thought he was a 1,037 yard uh, last year receiver. I wouldn't have thought that. Definitely not in the 1,500 club. 
a thousandth club. He's in the thousand club. He had 134 targets, 90 receptions. Davis Mills got to put some respect on his name. He's the number hmm. one quarterback there in Houston. Is he going to be the guy though that gets Brandon Cooks up to 100 receptions and gets him a little bit higher than what he was last year, Rob? It seems like Brandon Cooks is just this guy who is constantly underrated every year, and he just constantly goes in and basically just get, puts up his 80 to 90 catches and 900 to 1,000 or 1,100 yards. And um, so I'd. I would, I guess I would set the line at nine fifty. Are you cheating? Because that's exactly what the line is, is at nine fifty. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Exactly. I'm going over because he is underrated. He is. He does go out there and perform over and above. And I do like Davis Mills back there at quarterback. He does not going to have. It's his second year. You're not going to have Tyrod Taylor throw them. I like this. I like this one a lot. I, I, I. This might be my lock for him to go over 950 yards. I'm definitely putting that one in. Rob, Rob, we already have five wide receivers. We are way wrong on this. We went over on Jameer <laughs> Chase, right? We went over 1,300 yards. Debo Samuel, 1,175. We went under 1,175, right? I would, yeah. Uh, Stephon Diggs, we went over 1,250. CeeDee Lamb, we went over 1,200. Or at least I did. And Brady Cooks, we went, uh, there's no way over button. But I'm going way over on that one uh, for, for myself anyway, over that 950 mark. Rob, we're going to go real quick on these. I'm going to give you the yardage on these next guys, and then you are going to tell me over or under in your best uh, guesstimation, I guess, is what we're going to do, guesstimating right now at this point. Are you ready? I'm ready. Rapid fire. Are you ready? Rapid fire here. Rapid I'm fire. sorry. I, I, I lost my page. A.J. Brown, 1,100 yards with Philadelphia. Under. under. Were you confident? How how confident are you? They're, they're going under. It's 1,100. I, He's the number one receiver. They don't have any other receivers. Well, and to me, Devontae Smith is actually pretty good. Ah! Pretty good. Pretty good receiver, nine nine hundred sixteen yards last last year in a in a run heavy offense as a rookie, um, and not to mention that I do think that offense like I like Jalen Hurts from a fantasy fantasy perspective, but running quarterbacks generally don't enable high end wide receiver production at least at least really really high end. And AJ Brown's been a guy that's been banged up every year. It's just I, I too much too much going on for me to take the uh take the over i mean even last year at 869 and now he's going i mean it was 13 games but 869 he's going to a new team he's going to another run heavy team um another a team with a better secondary piece um they have a better tight end to throw to it just to to me it's just it's stuff and i love aj brown but it's it's just too hard for me to take the over there you talked me into it. I went under. Marquise Brown, 1,050 yards with Arizona. Number one receiver there for a little while. Mm. Mm. This was tough because I like, I like Hollywood Brown's upgraded situation, but uh, I'll, I'll take over. Yeah, I'm not touching that one. That one, that one. Yeah, I wouldn't touch I, it. I but <laughs> Drake London. Drake London with Atlanta. Uh, 775 yards. Who's Drake London? Is he a rookie? He's got to be a rookie, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. He was their, their, their first round pick this year. Um, yeah, 775. No Calvin Ridley. No Russell Gage. I don't think anymore. No, nobody. Kyle Pitts is gone. They got, they got, they got Mariota. I'll take the over. Ball. 
Yeah, I'll take the over on that. Come on, man. All right, I, all right. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm taking the over too because you wear no hesitation on that one. Garrett Wilson with the New York Jets. A lot of, a lot of wide receivers in New York. They have, they have him at seven twenty-five. <sighs> that's another tough one. I don't. I, that's about right. That's, that's got to be about. Yeah, right. I, I don't want to take it. I would take. I would take the over, but I, I don't want to take it away. Yeah, I, I agree. Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, 850 yards with the Tennessee Titans. They have nobody else there. There's nobody else there at all. Uh, really, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy when I sit there and look at their wide receiver room. So 850 yards for Traylon Burks, but he's a rookie and really a Ryan Tannehill system. Uh, yeah, I would take the under just – I mean, I don't, I don't love taking the under because I, I do like Burks and I like the situation for him a little bit stepping into the AJ Brown spot. But there, Woods is there now too, yeah. um, and Woods could. W- but could, I, you know, I think he's injured. I think he's injured. I think they're right, and and that's the thing is that if if Woods is injured, then uh, you know it could be more for Burks. If, mm-hmm. but yeah, I I just wouldn't feel confident either way. But I I would take the under uh, if I had to. A.J. Brown, 13 games, only had 869 yards. So they're putting him somewhere in that category. Chris Olive? Olive? Chris Olive? Olave. Chris Olave? Olave New Orleans? Okay. Yep. Seven and a quarter. Another one where it's similar to the Garrett Wilson thing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't want to take it either way, but I would take the over. Uh, I, yeah, okay. All right. I don't know if I'd take the over. Christian Watson, 650 yards. Green Bay. Hmm. I know everyone's pretty hyped on on this because it's a new shiny toy for for Rodgers and no no uh mm-hmm. no Devontae <laughs> Adams but I don't know I'm just not sold on him as a receiver yeah. I guess and so I I guess I would just take the under okay all right I I, I will do that just because I don't like I don't like Green Bay Packers. How about that? I don't do that just because I don't <laughs> like Green Bay Packers. Uh, let's see here. We we got the I said Chris, uh, Christian Was, Watson. The green, oh, did I do that one? Oh, yeah, I did. Yep, that. I did. Sorry, yep. right, I'm sorry. It's jumping around <laughs> on me. Jahan Dotson. Johan Dotson. We just talked about him earlier. 650. So he's going to be right there at that same little mark. I can't trust any other wide receivers in Washington, though. Yeah, uh, I, I would go under. Yeah, under it is with that. Sky Moore with Kansas City, 800. They put the rookie at 800. That's where they're setting the bar for this guy. Uh, I, I I guess. I don't what <laughs> I, I know everyone's uh, hyped on him. And, I mean, not that I – I, I don't even dislike him. But putting putting him at 800 as a rookie, as a second – I think he was a second-round rookie. Yeah, they lost Tyreek, but they also – added multiple receivers in the offseason veteran guys like i mean they're not nothing special but i'm pretty sure they signed mvs they uh signed juju um they still have kelsey um i don't know they they to me that's just a high number if he doesn't establish himself right away so i would take the under george pickens is the last one with pittsburgh this this one seems ridiculous to me 650 Yards. Mitch Trubisky at quarterback. Deontay. Yeah. Yeah, that that <laughs> seems that seems terrible. I know. I I and yeah and I and I kind of like Pickens a little bit as a talent too. Um and it seems like the Steelers do a great job at drafting receivers as is too. So yeah. I I don't doubt the talent. I just like you said, 
Trubisky or Pickett at quarterback, and you got Deontay and Claypool both still there. Fryermuth played, flashed a little bit here and there. Najee, um, just too crowded for me to put the over on that. I'll, I'll go under. Wow, we took the under on all the rookies. A.J. Brown, we went under. I say all the rookies, maybe not all of them. Drake London, we took the under. Traylon Burks, 850, we took the under. Is that right? Do you take the under? Yeah, 850? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Jahan Dotson, I'm butchering that name, we took the under at 650. And George Pickens, we're taking the under at 650. All right, Rob, that's our prize picks. You can sign up uh, using the code FI today over at Prize Picks as well, and you can participate with us. Rob, you walked me through a bunch of new names. I haven't even ever heard those names, and you walked me through. I butcher names I hear all the time, and I had to say a bunch of new names that I've never even heard before <laughs> because if they, don't play, if they didn't play in the SEC, I probably never heard their name. That's fair, and that's fair. Yeah, it's a it's a lot of a lot of rookies, a lot of a lot of guys. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully will succeed. But yeah, it's it's hard to see them uh, succeeding right away, though. I'm going to have to win some of my uh, baseball ones. I, I I've taken a little bit of time off from uh, placing any kind of baseball wagers or anything like that. I'm gonna have because I, I just I couldn't. I, I I need I need a break. I need a break is what I did, um, and so I need to I need to start cashing back out though on my prize picks for MLB. They got prize picks for everything. MLB, cricket, they got they for everything. Rob over there. So use that code FI today <laughs> and sign up and and have a good time placing some of those prop bets. But Rob, you did a wonderful job. Thank you so much for participating over here on the Baby Bowl podcast on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Make sure you're following Rob at Norton zero seven two three over there on Twitter. You can follow me as well at Lofanet on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI today with a little underscore, but more importantly than all those other actions, FitFam, we always want to encourage you to make a positive impact in somebody's life today.